Good morning, Christchurch. It is so good to be with you today. And I hope that you're all well. So here we are, we're working our way through Nehemiah and we're already up to chapter five. Doesn't time go quickly? And here we are with another problem that Nehemiah has to face. Almost every chapter, there is a problem that he has to overcome. And I said it last week, if you are doing anything that is worthwhile, no matter how small or how big, you are going to face issues. You're going to face problems. And I guess for, you know, for everyone, for Nehemiah included, after, when you get to a number of problems, you must want to just shrug your shoulders and walk away. I know there are times I wanted to do that. But here we see him overcoming another one. And the problem now is that some of the workers are struggling to put food on their table for their families. And there's a number of reasons for that. One of the reasons is that all of this, this building of the wall, is done to the backdrop of famine in the land. And of course, those who are farmers, they've all come into Jerusalem to build the wall and are no longer farming the land to produce food. And so they are struggling because, well, there's not much food around. The second thing we see that they're struggling with is they are a growing debt for some of those who are the workers. In order to put food on the table, they are having to pay high prices for food. And so they are mortgaging land and property. They are borrowing money at high interest rates simply to survive. We then see a third problem here. And it's that King Artaxerxes has increased the taxes on them. It's never fair, is it? You can always count on government to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And here at a, a time of famine where they are all struggling, the king decides to put a greater load on all those who are there. And then there's a fourth problem. And the fourth problem is that as people get more and more into debt, as they struggle more to simply survive, they are being forced into slavery or forced into releasing their children into slavery in order to simply survive. The hope that they could buy back their children at a later date. It was a very common practice within the time of Nehemiah. It doesn't sound fair to us, but when you are struggling to simply survive, you'll do anything in order to provide a future for your kids, even if in the short term, your kids need to feel some pain. It's a hard situation. And yet, surprisingly, they are all seeking to fulfill this vision of rebuilding the walls. They know how important this is. And they are making incredible sacrifices in order to see this happen. Sacrifices that, that many today would never be prepared to pay, but here they are. They're looking to the future and saying, we are prepared to do this in order to provide a secure future for our children. And so they're all struggling. And then Nehemiah hears this. And it says that he was angry. He says in verse 6, when I heard that outcry and his charges, I was angry. And who wouldn't be? You know, if you are not moved emotionally by poverty, then you need to ask God to soften your heart. You know, for, for many of us, we are in comfortable situations. We are able to provide food on our table for our kids. We've got nice houses mostly, you know, and we, we do all right. 
But when you see poverty face to face, it should stir up emotion in you. And that way that's poverty abroad or poverty here in Southport, you should still be stirred. You should be filled with compassion for those who are struggling. You should be filled with anger that this situation even exists and filled with a sense of longing to see something happen. I've had the privilege of being able to visit some, some very poor areas. I spent a couple of weeks in Uganda and 10 days in, in Haiti. Uh, and when you see the, the incredible poverty that it stirs you, you feel angry about it. And we should be just as angry about the poverty we see here in this country. And it is going to be a growing poverty, isn't it? You know, this week, uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, and every day there have been reports of redundancies being made. More and more people are going to find it harder and harder to get by. And that should stir us. What does Nehemiah do? I love the fact that it says in verse 7, he simply didn't react. He didn't go shouting all over the place. It says, I pondered these things in my mind. He thought it through. And I said in our, our deeper video uh, last week, how he very rarely simply acts on impulse. He thinks things through. He looks and he observes and he gets the facts. Nehemiah does that almost at every stage. He's a proper leader who doesn't simply react to situations. He thinks things through. So he ponders these things in his mind. He looks, what's the cause here? What are the issues? What can I do to solve this? And so he steps in. And what does he do? Well, he starts to deal with some of the issues that we have here. See, the, so the, one of the issues is simply the poverty. And part of that poverty has, has come about because some of the richer people within Jerusalem are charging interest. They're charging interest to their brothers and sisters who are working hard on the wall. And not just any interest, probably quite high interest. And so he seeks to reduce poverty by addressing that issue. And in addressing that issue, brings up another issue. He basically says, look, you guys, you nobles, you rich people, you are in sin. See, for the Jewish people, you should never charge another Jewish person interest. That was in the Old Testament. That was part of the law. If you've ever read the first five books of the Old Testament, you'll see that there's this incredible drive to providing a sense of equality for even, even where there's, there's rich and poor, the poorest always have a chance. And so debts are cancelled after seven years. People who've been taken into slavery or servanthood, they're freed. Every 50 years, everything is kind of reset and starts again. Within the Old Testament, there is incredible drive towards an equality, a financial and economic equality. And so Nehemiah points out to these nobles, look, you are in sin. And so he says, shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God? And of course they should do. They'd already seen how they'd been driven into exile because they lived in sin. And here they are once again living in sin. 
And then he brings up a third issue here. He says, how does this look to the Gentiles? Wow. See, even here, Nehemiah is aware of the witness of the Jewish people. And as the Jewish people basically, out of greed, oppress them financially, then it's a bad witness. And I love that Nehemiah has that perspective as well. He's not just simply focused on the internal issues, saying, how does this look to those outside and so in verse 9, we see him say, Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? And so he brings a, a whole gathering of people together and he encourages them to, to change their ways. And he speaks to the rich and says, Look, cancel the interest, cancel the debts. And it says that they had nothing to say against him because they knew they were in the wrong. And so everyone gets a clean sheet again. Everyone gets a second chance to, to rebuild their lives, not just the war. What does all that mean for us? As we look at Southport, we are going to see increasing poverty. We're going to see a, an increase in people simply struggling to put food on their tables. And do not underestimate how hard it can be for people even in this country. I have met people who, who struggled so much that they ended up just trying to get food out of bins in order to survive. And these were people with homes, they weren't people out on the streets, they were people with homes. We need to understand sometimes that poverty hits this town in ways that we never even see. We need to be aware of that. To do what Nehemiah did is that he observed and he watched and he saw what was really going on. And we need to work as Christians towards a society in which everyone has a chance. Everyone is given the opportunity to, to rebuild their lives and I don't know how that might look but that should be our heart's desire that those who lose their jobs those who lose their income are given the opportunity to rebuild their lives and if that doesn't come from us we should be supporting those who are making that happen we should be praying for that we should be encouraging that we should be working towards a society here in which there is no injustice. And we as Christians have a duty to speak out against inequality and injustice. When we see people who, for whatever reason, are finding life difficult because of the system that we have, we should speak out. We need to play our part in reducing poverty. And, you know, it's... it's the great thing about Southport is we live in a beautiful place, don't we? You can walk down Lower Street, walk along the front, and it is stunning. You can walk around any of our parks, and they're beautiful. And you think, where's the poverty here? And yet when you open your eyes, you'll see that there's real poverty. According to all the national statistics, the area certainly around our church 
and in other parts of this town are in the top 5% of the most deprived areas in the UK. What are we going to do about that? Let me encourage you to pray. Let me encourage you to reflect. And when the time comes, if you get that opportunity, get involved in reducing poverty here in Southport. We all need to play our part in that. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for Nehemiah. I want to thank you for the example that he is. And Lord, I pray that we may learn from that example. Help us, Lord, to be the kind of people who inspire others to, to live out their lives in a way that wants to reduce poverty and to increase equality. Help us to be the kind of people who truly see what's going on in an area and aren't simply taken in by the facade. Lord, we want to be a people who make a difference. And we want to be a people who make a difference to those who others consider to be the least. So Lord, help us, we pray. Amen.